right, guys, we are back with another episode of the Morning Skate, episode 195. We got a midnight pod coming to you live. Keds in San Diego with Fever Boy Rex. We got Hal up in Maine, uh, and I'm your host today, BizDev. So let's just jump, jump right into it, boys. How are you feeling, Ked? Six-hour flight. Yeah, the flight was rough. I haven't slept in like 48 hours. I'm a little drunk. I'm uh, I'm intoxicated, but I do have something for you. This is an uh, EASHL NHL 21 trade coming in, incoming trade offer uh, from the Arizona Coyotes. They would receive Alex Golagosti with a 5.475 million dollar a year. He has one year left and a fourth round pick to the New York Rangers for their third rounder, their fourth rounder, and Jack Johnson. Uh, he's got one year, 1.150. Let me let. I'm just going to let you guys know. I've talked to Fever Boy Rex. The salary cap is off. You make this deal. Why is the salary cap off? I kind of want to back. I want to back up. I don't know if that's a Fever Boy Rex decision. I mean, I don't want, that's a classic, so, classic so control I decision. I put Jack Johnson on the trading block at the beginning of the season. Now, now I'm getting trades from freaking Arizona. From it's Arizona. Kind of dunk. Awesome. Is that fair? I mean, like, it, from my perspective, it's like uh, Like you're getting Golagoski. It seems like the Coyotes just want a salary dump and you have to give up a third. Um, personally, in the Chell world, I think you're better off keeping that third and trying to draft something than having Alex Golagoski have his 78 speed on the third there. Salary cap's off, dude, and we're looking to win a cup. I say you trade. You make that trade 10 <laughs> times out of 10, dude. Golagoski, according to NHL 21, is a top four D exact. It's a client trade. Oh, he declined the trade. All right. Moving on. Dale, uh, yeah, the flight was a lot, dude. Again, I've been up for like 48 fucking hours. It's been quite a bit. Um, on the flight over here, I was trying to look up different stats and shit, stuff to post on social media, but I was so tired. Plus, like, I was so gassy on the way up, dude. I just kept farting that couple next to me, and it was just bad. So uh, I didn't really know what to do, but I am in San Diego right now, dude, the West Coast, San Diego, whale's vagina. Uh, it, it feels good to be here. I've eaten a burrito. We've had some beers, had some shots, met, met a Ukrainian uh, hostess who's here for the weekend, dude, and uh, going to Vegas. So uh, pretty pumped about it. Dale, thanks for hopping on. Didn't know you were going to be here. Very happy and appreciative that you are here. Um, Hal, how are you doing, dude? I think Hal's rocking a new haircut this week that I cannot stress enough that I, I fucking love it. That's nails. It's nails. <laughs> I'm all right, dude. Uh, Cali Cat's definitely back. I feel like you just think you're a little bit cooler than everybody else when you're in California. Um, yeah, but like, oh, yeah, Cat's an asshole because he thinks everybody from California thinks they're cooler than everybody who's not from California. Well, that's what I was going to ask. If you walk into a bar, like, how many. One out of ten Californians. How many think you're actually from California? Oh, zero, dude. I didn't wear my. Uh, you think you wore I wore ripped jeans, dude. Ripped jeans and nipple rings. That's my new thing. Uh, I did wear ripped jeans out at the bar. Said, yeah, and flip flops. So you're right, dude. Yeah. They probably thought I was right. That's an eighty percent. They looked at me and was like, "Fuck, dude. <laughs> you from La Jolla?" I was like, "Bitch, no, I'm from upstate New York, dog." <laughs> The Mecca. Bitch. All right, but yeah, that's what's going on. Uh, Dale, how are you doing, Bob? I'm good, bro. I'm happy to be here. I took a little hiatus. I was out in Lake Tahoe, also California, for a while, so uh, that was fun. But yeah, dude, fucking pods rolling, dude. We're 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 really growing on social. We hit 20k this week, so twenty five. 
20.2K on Instagram. I know that Twitter's been kind of our bread and butter in terms of, like, getting people to read our blogs. Same with Facebook, but, like, it's not going to be long until Instagram's our number one social platform, which I think is pretty cool. We can still share our fucking – we can still share our blogs. We still share our interviews on podcasts and shit like that. Um, it's kind of a really cool moment. Like, when that happened, I was really pumped about it. Half of me was pissed that we didn't have a graphic ready for 20K. That is my responsibility for putting that out there. But at the same time, 20K is not graphic worthy. You know what's graphic worthy is 50K. When we get to 50K, I know that we are fucking cruising. Oh, yeah. And episode 200 is coming up too. So that's uh, where we're rolling here. I would Um, almost done 200 fucking podcasts. That's insane. I'd like to just make an editor's note. Uh, Dale, you were on a hiatus. I just did want to sprinkle in there. I think it'd be unfair to not mention that probably two of those weeks were suspension. One was under protest and one was our fault. Maybe two were our fault. Uh, just for the listeners at home to know there was some punishment there. Not really, but we're happy to have you back, Dale. Take us to fucking NFL in the news. Ba-ba-na-da-na. Uh, all right, thanks for that nice little uh, segue there, Hal. Uh, first up with NHL in the news, we got Rasmus Anderson with the uh, puck flip in the, he, the puck incident with Philip Gustafson. He's saying that it's not intentional. Uh, I got a little clip here to break it down, and we'll go over it after. Right at the very end, let's watch Rasmus Anderson. He's going to take the puck away. Brady Kachuk's going to go get the puck for the youngster, Gustafson, first win in the National Hockey League. And then shoots it down the ice. Pretty disrespectful, boys. What do you, what do you got on that, uh, Gustafson's first win? Ken, throw it to you first. I mean, I love everything about this, dude. Rasmus Anderson is my favorite Rasmus entire league other than the Rasmus who lives in Miami, bitch. Uh, that is a Monroe Community College shout out to the Swedish sensation, the goaltender who won. Did he want a natty? He was the backup on the natty team. Um, I love this shit. Rasmus, but after watching the clip, I'm a little bit torn. Um, Rasmus Anderson takes this guy's puck. He knows that, that this is this kid's first one. I don't know if he knows this one or that, whatever. Goes to the bench. As soon as he gets to the bench, then he kind of tosses it away. Would have been a way cooler move if Rasmus just launched into the stands. I would have been a oh, uh, really big supporter of that happening. Um, but it didn't happen. So he puts it on the ice and Brady Kachuk comes over. I did like the fact that Matthew Kachuk came over and instead of giving it to his brother, just whipped it down the other end of the ice. I thought that was cool. Um, I don't know, man. I feel like people are going to be pissed about this because whatever bad sportsmanship, but this is the type of shit that creates rivalries. Rasmus Anderson's that one kind of like – He's not a rap, but he plays that game where you wish that he didn't play if, if you're playing against him. I don't know if that makes sense. Like, I remember him playing out Matt Zuccarello and Brady Shea, like, trying to fight him. Like, he's annoying, but he's a good fucking player. I don't know. Hal, what do you have on this? Hal's probably going to fucking, oh, I hate the Kachuk brothers. It's all about the Kachuk brothers. What, what do you got on this? True. I mean, I will. I, I could start there. Uh, I think Brady Kachuk is so much cooler than Matt Kachuk. I feel like people are dogging on Rasmus Anderson. Um, Makachuk was the scummiest of them all shooting the puck away with that because that's just disrespect because at that point everyone knows what's going on he's like nah fuck your puck so if anyone was a rat in this situation it was him like originally when this came out I kind of thought Rasmus Anderson was playing like the oh I forgot I didn't know card 
And then I kind of thought about it, dude. Like, I forget shit all the time. Like, I don't know people's birthdays. You scheduled a meeting this week and then took a nap during it. Uh, people forget things. You know what I mean? Like, he just lost to the Senators in overtime. Um, and or I wasn't overtime, but he just lost to the Senators, and his first thought's supposed to be, "Oh shit, that guy just won his first career game." Like, I don't think his head's there. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't think it was intentional. Dude, his dad. How? I mean, how often do teams lose a game and a player goes and picks up the puck and brings it into the locker? That would be my only argument with that. Like, I think he definitely knew that that was going on, which is what makes me like him even more. Like, he was trying to fucking get that edge going, but then he kind of gave it up, which makes me think he's kind of like, if you're going to commit to it, fully commit to it. Dale, what do you think? You're a big sportsmanship guy. I mean, I kind of, I'm kind of agreeing with you where it's like, you're in the heat of the moment, it's the game. I don't, I, yeah, I don't know. Did but. you guys see too, uh, speaking of sportsmanship, did you guys see that clip where like Bo, Bo Horvat was like limped to the bench and the Jets like leaned over and pushed him with his sticks to their bench? Um, I know you feel I know you feel bad for the guy, but like that's like an advantage. Yeah, the only people I do that to is if it was like one of you guys. I don't do that to anybody else. So like they help him to his bench. Boys, that's cool. But if they're not boys, like you should not be fucking pushing that guy to the bench, dude. If anything, push him over. You're trying to win a fucking hockey. Yeah, push him the other way. Like that's an advantage for your team. I agree. I totally agree. Dale, what's next on the docket? All right, we got a questionable penalty. Probably the most press uh, referees have gotten in the NHL in a long time. It was really buzzing <laughs> the day that this news broke. Uh, we'll play the clip and get into it. I don't know if anyone could have heard that. Does anyone have the exact transcript? That's not on you. He just said it wasn't much, but I wanted to get a fucking penalty on him, like to even it out. Uh, So Tim Tim Peel. Yeah, go ahead again. I mean, I wrote wrote a blog about this. This is just – you're either going to complain about one thing or you're going to complain about the other thing. If you complain about the refs trying to fucking keep the game – even because refs are going to make mistakes, dude. They're ro- they're not robots. They're human beings, dude. There's going to be a time where a ref makes a call and it's not the right call, and they recognize that it's not the right call, and then they have to fucking adjust to make things even. So either you are going to be mad at the fact that the refs are trying to kind of fix their mistakes, or you're just going to be mad at the fact that the refs make mistakes. It, it's this is the dumbest fucking thing, dude. Tim Peel. I mean, I heard about him. Uh, Sean Avery answered one of our questions on Twitter. That was one of our first big memories was the fact that Sean Avery like mentioned the morning skate on Twitter. I remember that. And we asked him who's the number one player like terrorizing the most. He's like, player, what do you what do you mean? It was the ref. It was Tim Peel. I used to talk to him about how he'd eat hot dogs all the time and shit. Like, we've known about Tim Peel forever. But the thing is, is this 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 motherfucker, dude, he's been repping hockey for I don't know, how many years? More than ten years? And you're telling me that you're taking away his – this is his last year doing it. He's going to end up retiring. This is his last year, whatever. This guy, this has been his life, his literal life for 10 fucking years, dude, and you're going to take that away because a bunch of people are pretending to be upset on Twitter. To me, I think that's fucking stupid. I'm not a huge ref guy. Ryan's going to make this into, like, a huge thing that, like, oh, Ked used to ref and, like, Ked – So soft, dude. We get it. You used to wear the stripes. You went to the USA hockey thing. and You did Stupid at the end of the day, dude, because I don't care how much this guy sucked 
fucking ref in hockey. The guy refs hockey. It's the same. Who's who's the MLB umpire that everybody fucking hates? That's um, you know exactly Hernandez or Fernandez. Do you know what I'm talking about? Go on. Everybody hates him. They hate him. Yeah. At the end of the day, the guy's been he's been umping in the major leagues for however many. Years. Yeah, but it's a job, bro. It's not like a passion. Like maybe it's like a passion project. You have a job. I don't currently. Everybody kind of has a job. Like that should be your like when you wake up. That's what you should probably focus on until you go to bed. Now let's say you have that job for fucking ten to fifteen years, and then all of a sudden, people are gonna pretend that they're upset over some fucking call you made, dude. That's and I'm not a ref guy. You know, dude. You know I'm not a ref guy. How many times I've screamed at refs fucking throughout the years in beer league? I fucking hate referees. Like everybody does. But at the end of the day, dude. That, that guy fucking did it for 15 years, man. This isn't like he did it for a couple of years, and now that's taken away from him. I'm not a big fan of that. Yeah, I mean, I just couldn't really agree more. I just – I personally, I just don't care. Like, I don't think Tim Peel was really a good ref. Like, it's a job like everybody else. I feel like everyone's kind of, like, feeling for Tim Peel now, and it's like kind of like a reverse backflip on what people are pissed off at first. I don't know, man. I think both sides are just kind of dumb. Like, at the end of the day, dude, like – you were talking about like think about it yourself. If I if if I was at a point in my job where it was a month before I retired and I did something kind of questionable, and it's not really that questionable, but it's like something that like he was probably re- regardless. Get I felt like he should have probably like had to serve a suspension or something. Yeah. Um, and, then, like- and then your employer walks into him and say, "Oh, you know how you're retiring in April? You can retire two months early." You keep your full pension, and we're gonna pay you the remaining games that you would have done. I'd be like, okay, see you later. Like, I serve my time. This is best case scenario. Because at the end of the day, dude, like three refs retired last year. I can't remember a single one of their names. And if you, and honestly, if you look back on it, what are people gonna remember now? Tim Peel, the bad boy of hockey, who got kicked out of refing for for life on a hot mic, or the guy who went peacefully in his fifteen hundredth game in a Sabres-Devils matinee on April 33rd, which isn't even a real day. I, I don't know, dude. I, just, I think it's kind of fucked up. This guy, and it's different, man. Like, I get where you're coming from. This That was this guy's life, dude. As as stupid as that sounds, like, that is that is what this guy was his job. Up. It was his job. I'm sure he has well, a family. Focus his fucking career on. I get it, dude. You are the strike. You know it's more than a job. It's a lifestyle. I don't give a fuck about referees. I'm just letting you know, dude. Like this would be like if a fucking I don't even know how it. This would. This is like Mike Badano getting fucking just not dressed for his 1500th game because Mike Babcock was being a dick. It's a little bit different because Babcock was just being a dick to be a dick. But like, dude. Big thing, dude. The guy's been in the league for however many years, and you might not remember their fucking names, but like I remember vividly over the last couple of years, where it'd be like a ref or a line in his last game, and after the game, all the players would go up to him after the game and give him dabs, and like the announcers would talk about it. To us, it doesn't really matter, but like to him and his family, that I think that that would matter. And I mean, I guess it makes sense because I always thought about this: like, if you were a famous baseball player, Ked, you would definitely go the Jeter big poppy route with the pre I'm retiring at the end of next season. Same category. They did the same thing. And big poppy decided to copy. And you would too. That was my point. So I don't know. I think we're on different spectrums of it. That's cool. I thought the one funny thing. Oh, I did want to point out though. um, I thought it was way worse at first because for some reason, when I saw the clip initially online, I thought it was like, it was like a hot mic in the ref's room, and it was just like the boys at intermission, like packing a lip. I thought that would have been 
a way worse in their own locker room, like talking about it or something. Yeah, and like for some reason they forgot to turn that mic off. But but in reality, he was talking to Duchesne and Forsberg, and I actually I like that because like it's kind of it's just like ebbs and flows. Like I like refs that like talk to both teams and they're honest and they like tell you their thought process and where they're coming from. So I get. I get why you're upset about the outrage. Um, and I thought it was funny too. Like the NHL released that comment or whatever. And it's like, things are going to change. And the only thing that changed was the next night, there's a photo of that one ref holding his mic while he talked to the players. He was just like hovering the mic. Bro, nothing's going to change. You can't, you, the only way you make this change where like, you don't worry about shit like that happening is if you just don't have human beings refereeing hockey. Human beings make fucking mistakes, dude. And when they make mistakes, like, let's say, okay, dude, Bruins Bruins fucking Montreal playoffs, right? And the Bruins get absolutely dicked over by a call. Let's say it's a delay of game, right? Like, uh, fucking Carlo tries to go glassing out. They call delay a game, and it comes back where, like, that fucking clearly hit the boards, right? And, like, the refs are looking up at the scoreboard, and they're like, fuck, man. The Canadians just scored on this penalty that we just gave out. We know that that's wrong. Okay, Gallagher goes into the offensive zone and he gives a little bit of a fucking nibble, whatever, and he calls it even. As a Bruins fan, it's like, okay, at least we got that back. If they don't call that call, then it's completely uneven. There, There is no way to fucking make sure that that game, at the end of the game, that both teams had the same chance of winning that game. And that's just human error, dude. That's not, that's not refs being good or bad. Like, people make fucking mistakes, dude. His biggest problem is the fact that he was on a hot mic. Whoever fucking released that, fuck that guy. Like, that was the most unnecessary thing to put on a national sports fucking broadcast. Like, how was that? And what's the delay? I think it's like a seven-second delay between what actually happens and what's announced on TV. You're telling me that they couldn't have cut that out? That's insane. Like, Tim Peel got Now we have to hide the refs behind the camera. You know what I mean? Yeah, but if you had the players behind the camera too, Dale, what's your perspective? Are you like Ked in the refs booster club? So, so Ked just kind of led perfectly into my my point, which was I vividly remember my one of my first Siena hockey practices. Ked makes a mistake or something on a drill. One of the upperclassmen like yells at him. And then Ked just starts screaming at him, you're perfect, dude. You're perfect. You never make a mistake. You're perfect. And it stuck with me, like, in that practice because it was, like, kind of a big deal at one of my first practices. And it's like, you're right, dude. Humans make mistakes. And, like, when I read Ked's blog, that's exactly what I, you know, related to or I could just hear, I could just remember that moment of Ked being like, you know, you're perfect, dude. Like, people make so, mistakes, and that's the biggest thing that fucking pisses me off the most is that, like, these people pretending like they actually give a shit about Tim Peel doing this are the same people that, like, they would tell you that they never made a mistake, but they make mistakes all the goddamn time. It's just fucking human nature, man. And that's the yeah. thing, dude. I, I wish I wasn't talking about referees in hockey right now because I like hockey. I like the players that play the hockey game. I like the, I like, what goes on between the fucking whistles. Like, that's what I'm about. But the fact that Tim Peel got canceled because he did something that referees have done since the beginning of this fucking sport is pathetic. It's fucking it's always been going on. the world that we're going into, dude. It's it's all these blue check mark fucking assholes who like, oh, my, my, my feelings are hurt because Tim Peel did this. Your feelings are hurt, dude. Go eat a fucking Snickers, you virgin. I'm so over this. <sighs> 
Move on to the next subject, Dale. <laughs> All right. We got a fiery hard alert. Yeah, I, I love it. <laughs> um, all right. So according to uh, Ronald, I am not going to know how to say he's this guy's rough, name. Dale, he's got a rough name. It's it's like Ronald Lavoie. I don't know how to say it. I know he's. I'm assuming he's the French Canadian guy who who does like Montreal Canadian news. Yeah. Anyway, there's they're saying that uh, in order for the Sabers to trade Eichel, they would need four first round draft picks or four. Yeah, four first round picks or players that were first round picks. Um, yep. If this, and it says that the Sabers trade Jack Eichel, they want at least four pieces that are first round picks or players that were at least first rounders. Um, I just put this in the doc because last week we well I don't know if, well no I just I don't know if it was like a uh, if it was an internal dialogue or if we talked about it on the podcast internal. there was a lot of shit going on between like what the Rangers could actually give up to get Jack Eichel and like me thinking it wasn't much and like other people thinking it was a lot you want four first round picks dude Vitaly Kratsov, Philip Hedl, Ryan Strom, and Jack Johnson dude those are four first round picks dog obviously That's not. Jack. not- but those are four first-round picks. It's not going to happen. They're going to want your better first-round picks. I mean, can you actually give us a uh, a real a real guess so we can just have this in writing? I'm not going to hold it against you because we real talk guess. about it all the time. Real guess. Um, Philip Hedl, Pavel Buchnevich, um, Nils Lundqvist, and a first-round pick. That's what I think it would take to get Jack Eagle. And to me, that is at least – I think Filipino is going to be a legitimate second line center. I think Pavel Buchnevich is a top six winger. I think you put him on the first line. I think Nils Lomquist has the potential to be a bona fide like top two defenseman and a number one or a first round pick where you know it's kind of like who knows what you're going to get. From a Sabres perspective, that's not Jack Eichel. That's not a 24. How old is he? 24. I think he's 24, 25 year old fucking first line center who can control play, play offense, defense, play special teams, whatever. But I think in this world, it might not be that. But you want to know what, dude? It is still, at the end of the day, an awful lot. It's a lot. I don't think it's enough. We'll be interesting to see. We've already had this argument. We would probably do it for 35 minutes. Yeah. Uh, I just want- feel better, though, the way I argued that? I feel like that's still a lot. Like, when you kind of break that down, you're getting you're getting a top. Yeah, I just – I, I agree what you just broke down, but I just think at the end of the day, uh, if you don't offer up Capo or Lafreniere for Eichel, they're it's not hard. Gonna, it's hard for the to fucking take that deal if you're not going to fucking get Capo or Lafreniere. I totally right because the fan because the fans re- revolt, and that's the last thing that the Sabers need. Totally needs. get that, hundred percent. But if you're Rangers, that's the deal that you offer them. So the one thing I wanted to talk about this really quick because I feel like me and Ked have this nice little dialogue on tonight. Uh, how about the Rangers fans act like an original six franchise for once? You're three games out of the playoffs and you're doing this, the we want Eichel chant. Uh, how about supporting the guys on the ice right now instead of making up trades? Um, I, I mean, that just kind of goes back to the day. I think at the end of the day, all Rangers fans know that Jack Eichel's going to be on the team. If you want to make the playoffs, probably get him there sooner rather than later. So this is just going to go back to – It works with VC. Yeah, it works with VC. Yeah, it worked with VC stick. <laughs> and uh, – I think it's just going to come back to the end of the day when Jack Eichel's inevitably going to be a New York Ranger and Hal's going to have to be like, fuck, dude, Ked's right. Every big free agent that comes in, the Rangers get. And it's kind of where we're at, man. So um, I hope – I don't know. At the the neck in, the whole neck injury thing that he has going on right now kind of worries me a little bit. I mean, that's kind of a rough look. And, you know, you know what's kind of fucking weird? I was going to say this for the Rangers talk, but, like, 
it's it's crazy how a tale of like three weeks ago, right? Like three weeks ago, with Jack Eichel, we don't have a number one center. Now Mika Zibanejad scored two hat tricks against the Philadelphia Flyers. I think he's fourth in the team in goals. He's really come on in the last couple of weeks where we didn't have Mika at the beginning of the year. Now we have him, and now you kind of stop hearing that type of shit where it's like, oh, we might not need a first line center because Mika Zibanejad's finally producing. I don't know. If it's what do cool. you? I don't what know do you if say it's, to the counterpoint that forty six per? What do you say to the counterpoint that like four? I think it's forty six percent of his points this year against the Flyers. <coughs> I mean, and like that's probably like at least twenty five percent are in two games. That's a rifle look. And here's the thing, though, Hal, and you know this because I watch I watch every Ranger game, right? Beginning of the year, obviously, I'm frustrated because of Benajad, a hundred percent, dude. Like that guy, I think he had the highest. Uh, goals per game last year because I think he was hurt for a little bit. I think he was a little bit higher than Poston actually didn't have as many goals. But you expect that from a guy. Then he comes into this season and the fact that like he had COVID and he, you know what? Credit to him, he didn't really fucking make that as an excuse. That was all just media type shit. But I mean, yeah, dude, it fucking sucks that he wasn't producing. But the thing is, and I've, I've told Feverboy Rex this, it's not like He's not putting him in, himself in a position to, to right have those spots. points. Yeah, he's in the right spots. Like, he just wasn't executing. That's what it comes down to. If Miki Zibanejad executed what he could have executed at the beginning of the year, he would be – dude, he would be – The reason he's had six – or, sorry, yeah, six goals the last three games against the, the – two games against the Philadelphia Flyers, he's in the right spots and he's capitalizing. And he's executing. He's still in the right spot. Yeah, but, like, he has – how, he would be like one. I don't know. I don't know what the top point leaders in the NHL are right now, but I'm not even making this up, dude. Like, I think I've told you this a billion times. It seems like every single game at the beginning of the year, Mika had what, two or three fucking chances to, to get a goal and an assist, and it just didn't happen. And now it's starting to happen. So, Quinn or is it Knobloch? That's another thing, dude. Uh, Fearboy Rex is a big Chuck Knobloch fan. Uh, ever since uh, Chris Knobloch came on board, games? the boys are winning games. They seem a little bit more relaxed, who knows, but. Um, I'm I'm really happy, and here's the, and I and here's another thing, dude. The Rangers are so pissed that we don't have a captain, right? It's Mika Zibanejad, it's Chris Kreider. Like fans are so mad about that, right? But I'm just pumped at the fact that like Mika Zibanejad, instead of like he didn't go to the media and really blame anything. Like he's just like, yeah, I'm just gonna keep trying. And then when he finally starts scoring, he's like, yeah, they're finally starting to come in. Like I like those types of answers. He you didn't blame. He didn't blame anything, dude. It was all him. Like he took accountability for that, and that's fucking huge, dude. Right? You're the number one center of the New York Rangers, and you're not producing what people want you to produce. Larry Brooks is putting out an article every other week about how like you shouldn't be resigned because you're not doing it, and then all of a sudden you start doing it, and you're not like fuck you, Larry Brooks on the man. You're just like yeah, they're starting to go in. Like I think that's character. I think that's fucking legit. I was gonna say. I give Quinn a little bit of credit for that and some of his teammates because he was getting torched by the media. And his teammates were the ones to come to his defense. Every time. Chris Kreider, every time, right? He was like, one, yeah, he was getting isolated. He's getting pressured. He's not getting the shot. Like his teammates were the ones who came to his defense. And guess what? Now he is stepping up. I was the I was the wrong one. I was pissed at me. I thought yeah. he was the worst player in the world, but you guys, you guys ever think that maybe if uh, 
if Mika cut, like, I don't know. I'm not saying he has to cut all of his hair off, but, like, four to six inches, the locks of love, maybe make a donation out of it, like, Garden of Dreams. I kind of like the long hair, man. Right, like, but you don't think – I I think it, like, milliseconds, dude. Milliseconds meet a lot in the NHL. You don't think it slows him down at all? Who's the fucking defenseman on the shark? The Swedish guy who's fucking Carlson. Carlson. I love the long hair look, dude. Like, I'm kind of into it, dude. Do you ever think about maybe he needs to, like, braid it or something? Like a racehorse, you braid the hair, right? It's more aerodynamic. Yeah, you don't braid that. Hair. Sarah Henry. Sarah Henry, bro. What, Dale, what's next? Thank God. <laughs> Thank God, Mika Zibanejad's hair does not look like Derrick Henry's hair hanging out the back of the house. That looks sick, dude. What are you talking about? You wouldn't like that look? Dude, dude stiff arms for days, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. We got – Akil Thomas with a natural hat trick and uh, leading the first all black hockey line since the 1940s. Um, we, you know, Jimmy and I have been talking with Anson Carter and Paul Marabella on a couple of these diversity and inclusion clubhouse things, which have been pretty cool. Um, yeah, what do you guys got on Akil and kind of the NHL making a little bit more headway into inclusion? Here's what I got, dude. The the disrespect that the SPHL gets. The SPHL, correct me if I'm wrong, is a professional hockey league. Uh, I, this tweet was basically responded to the first person who tweeted this out. Basically, this is not true. It wasn't 1940 that there was an all uh, all black line with three players. Uh, Akil's dad played on a line with Tyrone Garner and Dan Hickman back in 0607 for the Jacksonville Barracudas of the SPHL. SPHL. Akil's in the team photo. Um, I just wanted to point that out because one, I think that's awesome. Two, I don't know why people aren't giving credit to an SPHL team. That's pro hockey. And three, I love, I love that there's a prospect, a second round pick, kind of played a big role at World Juniors. He's doing well in the AHL and his dad played in the SPHL because because like I we talked about the Kachucks earlier when Matt Kachuk was was playing uh, was playing like Tommy Sticks in the suite eating like like, I don't know, pigs in a blanket at his dad's games. Like, Akil was on the bench, like, on the bus going to SPHL games, watching his dad be a warrior. I looked it up, too. His dad, if you look at his dad's stats uh, in the UHL, he was, like, a point-per-game player, like, 259 games, 270 points, something like that. So uh, I just thought that was kind of a cool twist to it. I, I think this is fucking awesome, dude. Yeah. And another prospect who's been lighting it up, I think the last time I saw he had six goals and six games, Quinn Byfield, dude. I don't know how long it's going to be until he's in the NHL, but he looks like he's starting to become a force. Um, we were watching we were watching hockey. I think it was you and I. I forget who. Oh, no, no, no. I was listening to, uh, I was listening to a podcast. I think it was Jody Shelley who came on the podcast and he was talking about – no, no, no. It was Rick – I don't know. It was like a first-round pick talked about how, like, first-round picks might need a little bit more time before they're just kind of tossed in. They brought they brought up Lafreniere about how he's been kind of, like, struggling and shit like that. And, like, asking me kind of wish that Lafreniere kind of, like, did the junior slash AHL route, which would have been unheard of because he's the first overall pick and there would have been a lot of bad pub from that. But, like, just in terms of development and shit like that, I fucking love this shit, dude. Like, I don't know, man. Like, I think at the end of the day, I don't – I honestly don't give a fuck about what you believe in, what color you are. I don't give a shit, dude. If you play hockey and you're a good hockey player to me, that's all that matters, man. At the end of the day, we're the same fucking people that are, like, going on a fucking sheet of ice with hockey skates on and putting the puck in the back of a fucking net. Like, that's all – to me, that's all that matters. 
And I think this is fucking awesome, dude. Like, this is fucking really, really badass. I love seeing this. Um, and you know what, dude? This is only going to – I hope I hope this only grows the game. I truly do. And I think the fact that, like, Keandre Miller in New York City and Quinn Byfield in L.A., I hope that these are going to be the type of players, and I hope there's not too much pressure. I mean, uh, BizDev and I talked to Anson Carter about this. I, I asked Anson, like, what the extra pressure added upon these kids. They're not just first-round picks, dude. Their first round picks are, are a fucking minority in a league where like there's not a lot of people there. So on top of the fact that being the pressure of being the first round pick, you're also the pressure of being a minority of being the first round pick. And like how to go about handling that type of shit. And I hope I don't know, dude. I love fucking seeing really good hockey players play hockey. Like that's like that's at the end of the day, I like going on Hey Barber on Instagram and watching these fucking nasty people do weird shit that I never even thought of. And I, I I don't care what they look like. I don't care what they believe in. If that's what they fucking do and that's what they're doing to perform at, at this game, dude, that's what I'm into. So I thought this was really badass. Totally, man. Um, just to, just a last thing I add quickly on that. Anson was like, if you can see it, you believe it. So as if Akil and um, these guys keep doing better, it's just going to grow the game. Um, so I love that as well. Anson, when he answered the question, he was like, listen, I talked to both of these guys and like, I pretty much told them like, don't like, I understand that you're thinking of like, not only your first round pick, but your first round pick of like, not of a white descent or whatever. And he was essentially like, don't even fucking think about that, dude. What it comes down to is your character. What it comes down to is who you are as a human being, how you perform on the ice. And like, dude, that was powerful as fuck, man. Like, yeah, it almost gave me chills during the, the whole thing. Like, that's fucking cool that they, like, and I, I mean, in the past, you know, I've been, like, like previously, I'm not, I wasn't a huge Anson Carter guy, but throughout the years, like, he's, the guy's fucking grown on me, man. He, at the end of the day, Anson Carter's trying to grow the game. He's trying to make sure that people, like, that, dude, that guy, there's so many clips of him with, like, the Garden of Dreams and, like, teaching kids how to skate and shit like that. Like, that's a fucking, that's a pro, man. Like, I fucking, I love that shit. Good dude. Um, all right. So next we have the Montreal Canadiens acquiring center Eric Stahl from the Buffalo Sabres in exchange for the third and fifth round picks in the 2021 draft. Eric Stahl actually had to waive his no trade clause because Montreal was one of the 10 teams on his no trade clause list. Uh, is, there, is there a team that Eric Stahl would have been traded to that he would have said no to? I don't know. I was thinking about that too. It sounds like, I mean, Think about that. I mean, uh, you have 10 – all you're given in that clause is 10 teams that you don't want to go to, and then you're like, fuck it, I'll go there anyway. Um, kind of a tough look. I remember people were kind of pumping up that signing a little bit. Eric Stahl went off in Minnesota the couple of years before. Kind of interested to see what he'll do in Montreal. I did want to bring up with Montreal too. Mark Bergevin's a fucking wild card. I, he's like one of the few people – like I still hate the Canadians, but for whatever reason this podcast has made – me love him all last week. All Mark Bergevin was saying uh, is I'm not, I'm not looking to make any moves. If I, if we had to make a move, we would have to move money out. Uh, we're not trying to do anything uh, with our roster right now. And what does he do? He fucking makes a trade a couple weeks before the trade deadline. So that's just classic Mark Bergevin. Um, I don't know how it's going to work out though. Like, what do you talk on? Canadians. I think that's a really good pickup for the Canadians. Eric Stahl, I don't know what his numbers are. I'm assuming they're not good because he's been playing with Buffalo. At the very least, dude, he's going to be a fucking bona fide third line center. I think. Would they give up a third and a fourth? That's what it was. Third and a fifth, I think. 
I mean, for a fucking team to try and make the playoffs and go on a run, dude, like Eric Stahl can do that shit. And now he's going to be with a team that actually gives a shit about winning games. You said he was good at Minnesota. I mean, he, he scored a ton of goals for Carolina. Uh, he had a brief stint in New York. I don't think he was utilized properly. I wish he was. Um, I love this for Montreal. To, for me, this is a fucking awesome deal. I would say, too, uh, if you're a Sabres fan, um, I mean, Kevin Adams has a tough job to do. A third and a fifth for an old Eric Stahl. Not the worst start uh, <laughs> blowing up the team. I don't hate that move for the Sabres either. I think that's good value. I think so. Third, third round picks can turn into something. So, uh, was it Marsh and a third? Uh, yeah, he was. Yeah. yeah. So. All right. So, next we got the Flyers uh, who were really hot and now really not. The uh, Flyers had they were boasting the highest winning percentage among the Eastern Division uh, with 11, four and three um, back in February, like late February. But uh, they're four, nine and one, putting up two humiliating losses against the Rangers, uh, dropping them down to the sixth seed in the division. What's going on with the Flyers? Huh? I don't know, man. Ked, I'll kind of break this down for you, and then I guess we'll get your take. We kind of touched on it because the Rangers have been absolutely killing the Flyers this year. Last, I last two games, they scored 17 goals. Crazy. And so, and that's the thing. So I broke it down. I tried to take a look because I was trying to figure out what is actually wrong uh, with the Flyers. So I broke it down forwards, defense, goalie, coach. If you look at their forwards, it's weird. You just mentioned that. They're barely scoring right now. But if you look at their lineup – like they're they're so streaky. Like all their stars, like JVR has thirty one points this year. Faraby twenty five, Giroux twenty five, Voracek twenty five, Hayes twenty three, Kateria has twenty three points in twenty one games. Konechny twenty and twenty six. Like those are pretty good numbers for your top six. Like usually you see those numbers, uh, and you're happy with it. I know they've been cold lately, but I don't I don't know if the forwards are the issue. And then you look at D. I saw. I thought Gossip Bear's quote was pretty funny the other night. We're letting guys just fucking absolutely beat us up in front of the net. It makes our goaltenders look like absolute shit. It's not fair. Um, Provorov's kind of regressed this year. He seems like an absolute animal. And then he's kind of faded off, kind of like Darlene, where it's like he's going through those struggles a young D does. And then Carter Hart, right? Like you look at Carter Hart. Uh, save percentage, he's last in the NHL. It's like 87%. Goals against average, last in the NHL, 4.04 goals against the game. And then goals saved above average. Don't even really understand that stat, but people say it's the ultimate goalie stat to have. He's last. I think if you look at if you look at that division at the beginning of the year with all the Russian imports coming in, to and you have like Washington's Russian, uh, the Islanders, the Rangers, you would have thought Hart would have been the best, not the case. And then lastly, the coaches, A.V., uh, Mike Yo, uh, and then oh, Tarion is the other coach. Too many cooks in the kitchen. What's going on with that staff? Ked, do you is there like a part of the team that you think is the ultimate problem? To yeah. me, I think the yeah, two biggest is Carter Hart and then the coaches. Their defense is awful, dude. And I, you, I, you mentioned Provorov. At least the last two games, the Rangers have lit them up. Provorov was not the issue. But what's oh, up with like Sanheim? I thought Sanheim was the better player. Philippe Myers was a good rookie. Myers, he was a world Myers, junior. Myers was like dash six. The other who was who is paired with Myers? Sanheim, Sanheim, Sanheim. and Myers were like dash six last game. Their defense is terrible, like beyond terrible. And you want to know what? Like a lot of it, I think a lot of the Rangers' goals have been on man rushes, not forwards really coming back to like help out the play. But like their defense has not been good. And I think Carter Huck gave up five goals on ten shots. I don't think they're leaders. Granted, grant, yeah, granted that, like, they're – I mean, they were high-quality scoring chances, but 
to me, dude, Claude Drew, you better wake up your fucking team, man. Like that, you have the C. Jacob Voracek, you have the A. Kevin Hayes, you have the A. You, you that's a problem. On yeah, but on paper, right? On paper, fucking figure it out, man. Because like, yeah. they're, I think their forwards are stacked. Like the Flyers have very, very, very good forwards, and I think Provorov's unbelievable. I wish Provorov was a New York Ranger. Like I, he's fucking nasty, but like. You guys need to buy in. Nobody's bought into that. And it's the same thing I was talking to Hank. It's like, AB, they lose, and he's like, we're doing a lot of good things. It's the same thing he did with fucking New York, dude. It's the same fucking thing. And you're right, too many cooks in the kitchen. How many of those guys want a cup? How many of those guys want a coaching job? I mean, we all know AV doesn't know how to win a cup. I, I, I don't know, man. I agree, I agree with all those points. I think two things. With the D2, Gostas Bear, when I, whenever I look at a young defenseman who comes in and starts putting up huge points, I always remember myself that Shane Gostas Bear was like a point-per-game defenseman at one point. He's kind of fallen off the wagon. Yeah, he's like a Michael Delzato of like two or four years. Yeah, he's kind of like a Michael Delzato of the Philadelphia. Like, yeah, he lasted like three years, and then injuries kind of caught up to him. I don't know. Carter Hart's the most surprising thing to me. And I, I just – I always get shit wrong on this podcast, so I just want to pump my tires again. First podcast of the year, I did not pick the Flyers to make the playoffs. And I said, do you remember AV came out with a quote at the beginning of the year? It was like cup or bust, basically. And it, we talked about, like, pump your tires, bro. Like you guys like you guys were hot before the bubble and then you fell apart. Well, look what happened. Sucks. I mean, if I was Hank, if I was a Flyers fan, I would be bummed because you're right. There's a ton on that roster, but it just doesn't fit. And if you're a Flyers fan, do you want them to buy at the deadline? No, <laughs> you're not. No, that, actually, yeah, it depends on what you buy. To me, right, like if you get a bona fide fucking top four stud defenseman, I'd think about it. And like I know a lot of a lot of people were talking about how Eckholm might make sense there for a defenseman. I don't hate that, but I heard that the Eckholm. You want to talk about high trade return? Like I guess the Predators are asking the world for Eckholm. That's a ton, and he only has one more year. So are the Flyers really going to mortgage the future? on getting Matias Ekholm, thinking that's going to push him over the playoff hump. Because ultimately, if Carter Hart can't can't stop a beach ball, what's the point? I don't think Matias Ekholm will push him over the playoff hump, but Matias Ekholm's a hell of a fucking defenseman. If he goes to the right team, man, if he is a top-four defenseman where he's that guy who's supposed to lock people down and piss people off, dude, that's Matias Ekholm and all. I remember watching so many playoff games where he's such a fucking little dirty rat on the ice and shit, but he, like, backs it up. I don't know if he drops the gloves, but, like, that guy's a hell of a player. Yeah, I agree with that. Good Swede. Kind of just like a prototypical Swedish defenseman with some snarl, some offense. A lot of snarl for a Swedish defenseman, though. Hell yeah, Dale, Dale. What's next, King? What's next, Dale? So the uh, trade deadline's coming up April 12th. The Canadian government is looking into a seven-day quarantine. Um, I'm kind of sick of all this COVID news, but I guess I guess one of the things that Ked brought up to me was like, how come my sister as a door dasher can go get the vaccine, but we have like all this stuff still happening at this point in the NHL and NHL players aren't vaccinated yet. Like I just... I know it's kind of a weird take, but like that's my thing. That's all I. <laughs> I don't really, I don't really want to spend too much time on it because I'm over. I'm sick of talking well, about COVID. Let, let it rip, bro. Hockey yeah, league. rip. Yeah, go off. I'm your coach. You're telling me you guys can't get your guys vaccinated. That's all I have on it. I don't really care about any of that, to be honest with you. My point is the NHL has not bent over this hard for a team. 
since the league gave Mario and the Penguins Sidney Crosby uh, after that lockout draft, it, it's basically like I feel like the country of Canada and the NHL conspired to be like, how can we have the Leafs uh, get a successful trade deadline? I feel like this was strictly built for the Leafs. The Canadian teams are crying. All year the Canadian fans have been talking about how their teams are safer, there's less, less COVID cases, and all of a sudden now that the playoffs are coming around, it's not bigger than the game. All of a sudden it's all about winning. I just wish okay. they would check themselves in their moral their moral code. That's right, I like that. Do you know what I mean? It just feels like – I kind of love it because it's like very Canada that this is happening at the trade deadline, but it just seems too coincidental to me that this isn't like Canadian, like Dubis called like Gary Batman, like, Hey Gary, like this isn't fair buddy. Like, and then like they made a call over the prime minister and next thing you know, uh, they can get a North American, like an American hockey player, like in there, they will only miss two games now compared to like 14. I just think it's kind of funny. I think, uh, I, I mean, I love a Bruins fan response when something's finally not going their way, you know. So. Give me a break. Why don't you start a Jack Eichel <laughs> chat right now? What's next? <laughs> uh, we got uh, we had two players being hardos. We got uh, Curtis Gabriel and uh, Jordan Bennington. I don't have a clip for the Bennington one. If you want to break that one down uh, for our it listeners, was just a cla- uh, it was very classic Bennington. Someone. Someone scored on him, and he just skated up to him and did the fake swing of the stick. It's like you're not, you're not tough, dude. And like somebody just needs to punch him in the face. Yeah, he just doesn't. I think Jordan Bennington. You're not gonna fight anyone. Yeah, right. That's the issue. Is like he's not gonna fight anyone. And I think for some reason Jordan Bennington thinks he's cool. Uh, but he's not like he just comes off as a prick. Like I don't get it. Like like when Matthew Kachuk does it, I'm not a fan of him. But I understand the perspective of fans being like that was sick. But like whenever Jordan Bennington has tough guy antics, it just like leaves a shit taste in my mouth. No, like, who the fuck are you, dude? Yeah, like and and maybe that's salty Bruins fan too. But no, it's, just- it's not, dude. No, it's not because like he won one cup. It's not like he's fucking Marty Brother. Or, like, some fucking legend of the game that could do shit like that. Dude, you're joining Bennington. You've won one cup. Yeah, dude. You just signed a $36 million contract. Smell the roses. That wasn't enough. I, I'm over Bennington, dude. Get Bennington out of my face. All right. Second hard, Odell. Play the clip. Curtis Gabe. Jonathan Quick there. Looks like Dowdy's saying something to him right there. And he's is he kind of, kind of hunting his target? Wait a second. What just happened right there? Well, he's starting to want to start the game before the game. Bro, so Curtis Gabriel, I saw this clip, and I thought it was the funniest response. Cam Jansen responded to this clip. I think Spin Chicklets tweeted it out, and his response was he's 0-8. Uh, I like Curtis Gabriel. I, I think – I think like what Curtis Curtis Gabriel is really big into like the LGBT stuff, and like I think he's a good advocate, and I think he believes in it. So I like Gert, Curtis Gabriel as the. That's not a oh I need to do this for press like that's that's who. Yeah, he that's is. what he likes, and you can tell it comes off as genuine. So I respect him for that. Like on the ice, dude, you're not that tough. Like you go after McDermott in in warmups, and Curtis McDermott fed him during the game. Like yeah, McDermott, McDermott's like a real fighter. Curtis Gabriel just acts. He acts like he's this heavyweight in the league, but if he is a heavyweight, he is arguably the worst. I don't know if he's yeah. a boy Rex at the take. You can uh, throw a cross check like that, and then he pumps up. Yeah, I don't know. Can we get Fever Boy Rex to chime in on this? Do you have any Gabriel takes or? Talk louder. 
Yeah. I have some Gabriel takes. I like Gabriel. I, I I love that he believes in what he believes in because I'm similar. But for that scrap, he's picking on. So he's I listen. I listened to him on a few different podcasts, and I've heard him talk a little bit about like how he wants to go through the league, which I respect. Listen, it's kind of cool. You're yeah, everywhere. Right? You're going to yeah. go through the league. You have to, especially in his division. He picks on McDermott. McDermott sends his helmet into outer space. <laughs> he is pounding. McDermott's hot. McDermott's a, so the thing is with McDermott, from what I've heard, he wants to go. He wants to go Reevesy, but Reevesy needs a little bit more from him. <laughs> this is UFC event. That's going to be the heavyweight bout. McDermott Reeves. If they go this year, that's going to be. I think for the belt. I agree. I think that's for the belt. I think that's going to be the that's NHL awesome. heavyweight belt, Reevesy McDermott. I like that. I like that take. I I feel like McDermott flies under the radar to like East Coast fans because we never really watch him play. But whenever whenever I see his fights online, they're sweet. So I I recommend anyone who's listening to this go watch McDermott. Go watch him fight Delorier. Those two are so tough. Delorier is tough, dude. Nailed that. He will. I love that Delorier will go with anybody too. He's like, Disneyland yeah. hero, dude. <laughs> but I think if we're looking at a heavyweight bout this year, I love, I like, I like what Gabriel's doing. I think it's good for the league. He's I trying. Think, it's not like he doesn't have balls. No, like he's still fucking you know, fighting. You respect it if he's on your team. Fights prior to this McDermott pretty, pretty decent. Close. Yeah. Like he fought Reeves. Like he had a good scrap. It was a great scrap before. Probably one of the better scraps of the year. But I just think. If we're talking heavyweights, who I want to see go at it this year, I think it's McDermott. I want to see Reeves go at it, and they haven't. And I know that McDermott's asked Reeves to go a few times, but we'll see what happens. I like that. I also like that Reeves Reeves has earned that place in the league where like he can only he he only accepts your challenge. Like he doesn't have to say yes to you. So I I heard him say he's like, yeah, McDermott's asked me a few times, but he hasn't done anything in the game. <laughs> I mean, which is kind of a valid point. Nowadays, like, why are you just going to fight anyone to fight? You don't have to. So McDermott needs to bury something. He needs to bury, like, Patrick. Yeah. And then, like, Here you right, go. let's go. Here we go. <laughs> Here's the shot. I know, th- I know that Revo has, like, a couple big shifts a game on the forecheck and stuff, and I, I agree he's the heavyweight of the league. But do you think at the same time people kind of overrate his, like, actual skill? I don't know, man. I got kind of a every, in the every Vegas game that I watch, man. I mean, he's he not, throws like, like two to three giant hits. Yeah, I agree with that. I just like to me, and I, I know Tom Wilson's a different like, level, but like I love to hear like a coach's perspective. Like, why are they throwing him out in the situations that they are? Like, yeah, you know what I mean. Like, I need to throw Revo out there. I don't know, man. Second I, period. I'll tell you exactly what it is. It's all energy, man. Yeah, your team's feeling flat. So Fucking are, put so Ryan Reeves on the. I think Ryan Reeves. I don't know how much money he makes. This could be something. Dale, could you look that up? How much money Ryan Reeves makes a year? But sure, like, as a as a head coach in the NHL, <laughs> and here's the thing: like Ryan Reeves isn't going to score a ton of goals, right? Like he's not going to be a fucking very productive player, but he will fucking bury you. And like he, dude, he hits. He hits hard. He has like two or three hard hits a game. And that's more like I'm a Rangers fan. I love Brendan Lemieux, but like that's way more than what Lemmy brings to the table every night. There's a reason why that guy gets traded to the best team. They want him. Yeah. Like Pittsburgh needed him. They got rid of him. Unfortunately, they still want a cup, I think. But 
one point seven five a year is his cap hit. That's pretty reasonable. Yeah, I think almost three point five over two. Modern day tough guy that you need because he can play. He can play. And like, when he's on the ice, you can put him out for six seven minutes a game. When that guy is on the ice, Easy. all five people. Six seven. <laughs> yeah, but like, uh, but like when, yeah, but how? When he's on the ice, all six people on the other team know. Dude, I I hundred percent agree. I just think people act like he plays like. Big minutes, and I think what Dan no, hit on no, is no, he no. plays he's like seven minutes. He plays, he plays great regular season minutes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That's I will come to understanding. understanding. Yeah. Something like yeah, that too. I mean, playoffs. God forbid. I think for a fourth liner, dude, he's. How much did you say he was making? Now one point seven five. For fourth liner, dude, I think it's a very I'll productive one point seven five. Just to fight freaking more in next game, you can't. After what he did, the freaking Lemmy. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that's a Lemmy, dude. It wasn't after that's the dude. All right, yeah, Morin's a fucking cheap shot artist. What do we got next, Dale? We got uh, we got your segment, but it's the Rangers. I I wrote down a quick note. Uh, I saw the Rangers. Yeah, the Rangers social media put out a video this morning about uh, all seventeen goals that they scored against the Flyers. Uh, Subsequently, went to go check on it tonight, and they deleted the post. Uh, But regardless, it was an ultimate (laughs) troll job. You can't delete that post, dude. That's an all-time. I I thought I saw it too earlier today, where it was literally every one of their goals. And that yeah. I don't know how they made it last in the Instagram video that can only be a minute long. But you're posting 17 goals in a minute. Just two minutes. All that happened was like one, and then I had two. So like you knew yeah. that score 17 goals. Don't delete that. Um. Yeah, you don't have to delete that. I feel like other team accounts do way worse stuff. Like if yeah. you're the Flyers, like. Don't get scored on 17 times, and the intern for the Rangers isn't going to make a sick compilation video. That's true. Um, I mean, the Rangers are kind of on a roll right now. Vitaly Kratsov, just, uh, he's starting to practice. I don't know when he's going to be in the lineup next, but it's nice to see that he's back overseas. Uh, Jack Johnson, they waived him, and then he had surgery. Had a cranial uh, surgery. He's done for the year. He's a piece of Johnson. He's a forever Ranger. Um <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Mika Zibanejad's back. I talked about that. Pavel Buchnevich, a complete forward. I mean, that's, I think, to me, the, one of the biggest surprises of the year. You never really knew what you had out of him. That guy's just a complete hockey player now. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. Larry Brooks keeps talking about how the Rangers have to resign him and shit and all this stuff. I'll tell you what, dude, if the Rangers want to deal Pavel Buchnevich at the deadline, they can get a fucking haul for that guy. I truly believe that. He's that good of a fucking I don't know. I, I they they've been playing a little bit better. I have how many games we got this week? All right, here here's the run of the Rangers tomorrow. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast, it'll be today. They play the Flyers, the Capitals, the Capitals. I think there's four zero and one against the Capitals this year. That I might have made that up. They're really getting the Flyers, Capitals, Sabers, Sabers, Penguins. I mean, Rangers win. If, dude, one, two, three, four, five. If the Rangers win their six, the next six straight, I might be talking about maybe there's a chance to make the playoffs. That's all I'm saying. But uh, I don't know, man. We'll see what happens. Uh, shout out Keith Kincaid. Uh, it's back to Shesterkin and Gilead. You can't shout out Keith Kincaid. No, dude. I've been waiting to talk about Keith Kincaid on this podcast. I'm fucking shout him out, dude, because. I think this fucking sucks, dude. Georgiev has been the most dog shit goalie that the Rangers have. Crazy. Had. It's not even close. Like it, Igor has not been that much better, but 
Georgiev, every time that guy's in that, holy shit. Uh, Keith Kincaid comes in. Fucking plays very stellar. I think he may be 3-1-1. One, one. I don't know. He, one he, of them was his fault. One, yeah, he lost one game specifically because of him. But the other games he's played very, very well. What I don't like is the fact that now that Shesterkin's back, they have to send Keith Kincaid back to the taxi squad because of all these salary cap restraints and all this shit. If there was no salary cap restraints and all that stuff, there's no reason that Keith Kincaid should not be backing up Igor Shesterkin over Alexander Georgiev. He has sucked this year. And I've been a big Georgiev guy. I remember one game specifically against the Columbus Blue Jackets over the last couple of years. He fucking straight up stole that game. I was watching. I was like, holy shit, this guy's fucking awesome. He has been dog shit this year. And on top of that, I don't know if I hold a grudge because of the whole D'Angelo thing, but I'm fucking over <laughs> that. Um, brings me to my next offensive defenseman, Adam Fox. He just put up five assists last game. Uh, I, I, that's insane. I don't know how laugh all you want. When's the last time a Bruins defenseman put up five assists? Mika's advantage had another six-point game. Bucinevich had two goals. Chris Kreider, I mean, Chris Kreider scoring goals in front of the net, which is cool. I wish Chris Kreider was scoring goals going down the wing and fucking ripping shots, but that's just him standing in front of the net. But uh, I don't know, man. The Rangers are in a really weird spot. They have this kid line that's really not producing, the kid line of Lafreniere, Capo, and Philip Heedle. Ever since Heedle came back with a uh, with hand injury, he really hasn't been the same. So, like, that line's really not really been that producing. But at the end of the day, Chuck Knobloch, fucking three and one, four and one. This guy's gonna get fucking sent back to the AHL because David Blaine's coming back. With some other NHL I mean, and dude, you know what pisses me off, man? And I understand that David Quinn definitely has a lot to do with this. Did you know that he does not get credit for any of those wins? All of those, uh, every single win that he has goes on David Quinn's win record. That's tough, dude. Doesn't seem right. No, not at all. But that's what I have for Rangers. What do you have for Bruins? Not much. Hang on. I, I, wait, I, I'm sorry. I just saw. Uh, I I don't know if I've said it on the podcast before, but I'm a huge Ken, Keith Kincaid guy. I used to shovel his crease while during the 2013 season with the Albany Devils. Um, big time Ken, Keith Kincaid guy. He said what up to me one time, gave me a nice little head nod. So, um, happy to see him doing well with the Rangers. Also, just real quick, wanted to throw it to Feverboy Rex uh, to see if he also had any of his his own thoughts on it. On the rags? Yeah. You've told that story before, Dale. I've told him multiple times. It's just my thing, dude. And I've been pretty proud lately to see him. See him doing well. I know <laughs> him. He knows. He knows. I was not seeing that but I want to see him that. But for me, I think, I think, you know what? You know what's been interesting this year? I think that the Rangers, it's been a really tough and interesting start to the season. And it's been very difficult for like a lot of people. There's been a lot of like mixed emotions. Like Meek has been, he looked incredibly bad like up until the last couple of weeks. And I think that like literally where we are right now is where I think like where our organization needs to think like this is where we're going to start to take a turn because True. this year for every team has been like a shit show. And like for like for us to get through all this stuff, we've had so many distractions. And coming up to now, it's like I think now we're in a really good spot where we can continue to cover ground, incorporate some like new young blood. Like I I hope Kraftsoft plays a few games. Like 
we're in a spot where like we don't need to make the playoffs. I would love right. for us to make the playoffs. I would love for us to make a run, but we're in a rebuild and we're we've been committed to a rebuild for the last two and a half, three years. So let's incorporate some of our young guys and let's fucking go. So I think I'm in a space where like I'm enjoying I am enjoying most of these games. Like I've hated the games where we just like showed lack of intensity, Anything? leadership, yeah. like the games that we play hard and we lose, like I for a Ranger fan, generally like that's awesome. So I'm in a different spot right now. Like I love where we're at. I think we're in a really interesting spot right now. I think these next however many games, 15, 20, 30 games we have left is going to be really cool for us. So Kincaid, I love him. I think he's been a big asset. He's won us a couple of games. He's also lost us one game, I think. So overall, I think we're, uh, we're in a cool spot. I like it. I like, I like fever boy Rex's attitude too. Sometimes, Sometimes I get mad at Ked just because I feel like he's on a Stanley Cup parade, even though I know that's not what he's mean, he means. But I think you elegantly put it that uh, at the end of the day, like if you're a Rangers fan, if they make the playoffs awesome, if they don't, it's not the end of the world. How am I on a Stanley Cup parade when I told you they weren't going to make the playoffs like two months ago? Bro, you nearly – you soiled your britches when they beat the Bruins 6-1 the first time. I thought it, – it honestly seemed like – uh, it honestly seems like you're planning the parade. Let's move on to the Bruins. I've had enough of Ked's thesis for today. I liked uh, Fever Boy Rex's input. It really brought our Rangers segment down to earth. Uh, Bruins, two, two really quick things. The Bruins still stink. We were on COVID like all week. We came back. We blew a two-goal uh, lead to the Islanders, who we don't know how to beat. Uh, I like this. Bruce Cassidy was quoted by a beat reporter at practice screaming, score some fucking goals by going to the fucking net. Stop looking for plays that aren't fucking there. I like that. I think that kind of sums up our offense. Uh, and then the only other thing I had, uh, Jack Edwards, kind of classic Jack Edwards. Dale, you play the clip. Out there now, you front that player in order to block shots, and the offensive player is the more aggressive guy with the stick work. Reminds me of the uh, summer that I grew to be bigger than my older sister. And I pinned her to the ground and said, I've been counting. Interesting quote. I don't know. We're kind of Jack Edwards guys, but we're also not Jack Edwards guys. I mean, I am because I'm a Bruins fan. Uh, I don't know. I, I think I understood what he was saying, right? You grow older than your sibling uh, and then you're tougher than them. But just basically being like, yeah, like one summer I grew and I pinned my sister down. It's a tough look. Ted? I'm not going to say anything because I really hope I can get Jack Edwards on the podcast one day. So, Dale? Yeah, it made me laugh, dude. I, I got nothing else. It was funny to hear that kind of story over, over hockey. But. Yeah, and I, I like you, Andy Brickley, who I think really – people act like Andy Brickley's a homer just by association. But the fact that Andy Brickley kind of pulled the Ked move and just didn't even say a word after that statement – uh, kind of sums up why Andy Brickley's really good for the broadcast. Jack Edwards would have been fired 12 years ago if there was no Andy Brickley. <laughs> yeah. Fact. They are the most perfect game to the gang as there possibly is in the NHL when it comes to announcers. So I people agree. think that Brick is – that's fucking stupid because if Brick wasn't there, you think that Jack Edwards, the Homer fucking thing that would happen, it would be fucking five times as bad. 
it's really funny too because I I actually I found out that like Andy Brickley did some NBC games, but NBC basically doesn't want Andy Brickley calling the games because he has such a thick Boston accent that people just automatically associate him as a homer. Great, Uh, great. I tell you, I went. I was in an elevator once with Andy Brickley going up to uh, my seats at a Bruins game, and I pussied out. I couldn't even say a word. (laughs) (laughs) I was just banging that elevator button, like get me off the next floor. Paul, did you sneak into? Did you sneak into a Rihanna concert once? Yeah, where the Sabers play. I don't know what that's called. I think back then it was the HSBC Arena or whatever it was. Yeah, just wait for. Basically, all I had to do was wait for "We Found Love" to come on by Rihanna. Uh, Fever Boy Rex was up in the Patrick Coletta Suites, if I remember correctly. And once we found love on, there was a couple kind of scuffles going on. Uh, security went away, and I literally just went up the elevator into the concert. Facts. And then, and then Fever Boy Rex put me on the like the VIP elevator to go up. So that was a great night all around. <laughs> Unreal, dude. What's I'm, that? I missed Buffalo. Speaking of that, he, that would be a great segment, Dale. Right? Speaking of heroes, heroes and zeros. Let's finish the pod. Oh, you're skipping a segment, but we can. Oh we no, can... no, we have two. We have two. I fucked up. I'm sorry. All right, and now the Beer League Roundup of the Week brought to you by Can I Brands. Can I Brands is the official sponsor of the Morning Skate Beer League Roundup, the uh, organic trusted CBD of hockey players everywhere. Uh, I I used my Can I Brands this week for my Beer League uh, Beer League playoff game. Used the uh, the nice little Can I Boost at night. I had an 8.30 game, and it uh, paid off pretty well. Got a uh, hat trick in my game, and uh, we won. But, uh, yeah, Jimmy and Hal, uh, how's the Can I Brands been going for you guys? Hal, what do you got? I mean, I, I think Ken could probably use uh, some of the Can I Brands focus and energize right now. He's kind of acting like a grumpy Gus. Uh, I don't know why I just fucking said grumpy Gus. Yeah, I, I'm actually at a pivotal moment right now. I can't find my sleep spray. It's been a tough 48 hours. Last night I stayed up till 2 a.m., searched every crevice, can't fucking find it. So uh hope I find that because I see the difference in my sleep. Yeah, it's actually 1.49 a.m. right now as we're live. So I think all of us can use some sleep spray tonight. I, uh, I have a two-year-old's birthday party at 10 a.m. tomorrow, two hours from here. So I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but I might have to buck chug some Can I Brands Energize in the morning. <laughs> Fucking put that on our Instagram. That's A plus stuff, dude. You guys got uh any any updates for Beer League? Um, no, I don't think so. Someone put in the for Beer League. I have a fucking update for Beer League. I went to San Diego, I brought my hockey gear, and on the way here I get a text from Fever Rex saying that the skate's canceled. So I brought my fucking hockey gear to San Diego for no reason. That's sick, bro. At least you look cool going through the airport. I mean, that's a plus. I look so cool going through the airport. Oh, dude, thank God. Can I pump my own tires really, really oh, quick? Can I really oh. pump my own tires? I fucking went and got on, the, on an airplane this morning at 6 a.m. Walking through the tunnel, and this guy goes, hey, Jimmy. And, like, pretty much just called me out for, like, the morning skate and asked me if I was going to film content in San Diego. Some random dude. I don't know who he is. Maybe I did know who he was, but he had a mask on. I don't know. Thought that was really fucking cool. Made my whole day. So shout out to that guy. Fever Boy Rex Ooh. and I are actually going to be going and playing roller hockey tomorrow at the roller hockey rink. I'll make sure we put it on Instagram. 
the fuck it looks like a sick setup, dude. It looks really cool. So. Are you guys gonna skate to the rink? Is that too far? It's I'm just saying, like a nice scenic skate sometimes is nice. It's no? a thirty minute drive. It's a thirty minute drive. It's a thirty. <laughs> minute drive. <laughs> so, I take that so no, uh, we'll we'll make it look like it is a nice little scenic. Ken, I had a. I was thinking about this though. You just mentioned that. Um, and I didn't mean to cut off on the roller hockey. I kind of want to go back to that. But um, you said that kid said he asked you if you're going to be creating content out in San Diego. Maybe we can get you to, like, rip, like, a Can I Brands TikTok or something this week for that. Oh, that's funny, dude. I, or I can just stop the podcast right now. We can restart this segment over. What do we have next, Dale? So uh, the lacrosse goal was pretty awesome. We just wanted to throw this clip in. Um, kind of disrespectful, though, really quick. Didn't this happen? So this happened in the USPHL, so it's not technically beer league. I think it fits well, but and Fever Boy Rex might know this. Is the USPHL, isn't that like part of like what the EJ used to be? Junior hockey in the US is in shambles. It's so confusing, dude. I don't know any of the leagues anymore. It's USHL. No, the USPHL. Yeah, but like junior hockey in the United States beer Everything now is junior, but there's like different levels of junior. Dude, like, so to me, if you're an effective younger player from the United States and you're going to go like D1 or play junior, USHL, USHL, right? That would US, be the number USPHL one. USHL or whatever it's called now is like the second, it's like the closest. That was the Vermont Lumberjacks. Uh, friend of the program, Kevin Vlenny, used to play on that team. That used to be the. the AJ. It's AJ? no. Yeah. That Chris cried at the CHL. So there's so many different the C- Dude, there's so many different EJ. leagues. No, the Lumberjacks were the EJ. That's the same league that like that like the CD Selects were in, or like uh, the Junior Bruins. That's all the same. It's like the and what then league, like there's the, N- the NAHL. John Carlson in the same league that uh, Vlani was in. I think oh, it's no, the that's H- the CJHL. But that's one. Isn't that when he played in like Ontario? No, that. Oh no. Uh, fuck, I think you might be right. It, yeah, I think you're right there. And not to go on a complete tangent, but like I remember like the NA the NAHL was kind of like an interesting league always and they put kids D one, but that league that league goes from like Montana to Maine now. It makes like no sense. And now they have like an NA three league. It's it's a whole mess. What about the Boston Junior Blackhawks or the Maine Moose, dude? The IJ, I don't know if the Intergalactic Junior League's still playing. <laughs> oh, so and they played so so uh, John Carlson, John Carlson played in the Atlantic Junior Hockey League, which was like the Brewster Bulldogs, the New York Bobcats, Brewster, the Brewster, Wolf Chris Ruthland. And to me, and to me, that league was worse than the EJ. But I feel like some of those teams are now in the USPHL. We've kind of got on a tangent. Dale, do you have this clip? Yeah, I was just waiting to play it. Here it is. This is it. Face the uh, Michigan. Yeah. So for people, for people who aren't watching this on video, right? It was the fake. It was that play. I think everyone probably saw it. The fake Michigan and then to the wraparound through teammate. I thought this play was sick. Like, I don't know. Yeah, did we figure it out where we could listen to Ryan during that whole clip? Yeah, so this one didn't have audio, so we were able to, yeah. Oh, perfect. Fuck yeah. All right, cool. Yeah, keep going, Hal. Sorry. No, that was, I mean, that was pretty much it. I just thought it was a sick, it was a sick play. Like, I feel like sometimes when guys do the Michigan in the game, I get like salty. I don't really know why I get mad. It just seems so like, it just seems like so in your face. It's like, we get it, dude, you're sick. But when this kid, this kid like did the fake Michigan and then basically fed a sick pass, essentially yeah. like that's so much cooler than me. I don't know. I just thought it was a cool play. So, so, sorry. Oh, 
Fever Boy, take it. I was going to say, is this the next wave of innovation within the league? <laughs> That's innovation, dude. And that's what it is. Yeah. It plays off these different places, and this is how the league develops. I uh, know. I would agree. I mean, there, more skilled guys just doing these crazy moves. So I, uh, I put this in the doc because I think four or five years ago, I played in the tournament of beers, Rochester, New York. And God I played gosh. on a team. I think we were in the B division. And we had these two older guys on our team, and they had played beer league together. And I remember one of the guys going down the ice. He was a right-handed shot, driving down the right-hand side of the ice, goes behind the net, and goes behind the back pass on that short side to the forward on the right side of the ice for a tap-in. So they do it, and they get back to the bench, and, like, they're laughing, like, what's going on? And apparently that's, like, their move in the beer league, like that they have scored, like, 20 to 30 goals doing that exact same play where you drive wide behind the back. You know what I mean? Because the goalie's thinking a wraparound or something to the far side, and you have that – you know what I'm talking about. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So so they kept doing that, and then I saw this play, and I was like, this could be something that could be brought together in the beer league, dude. Like, how many times – and me included, because I tried the Michigan all the time, and I sucked. And like, I just no, really you don't. Play. All the time? Not all the time, but every once in a while. I probably – No, I probably tried like four, four times in beer league, I would think. I've tried it. And each time – I'm not even fucking around, and I'm not saying I'm sick. I, I'm surprised because I can get the fuck on my stick. Like, I go to do it, and I look up, and I'm like, holy shit, it's there, and then I freeze. So, so I just need to, like, figure out how to keep that going. But I think that this could be a play that you see that happens and that type of shit, and it'd be cool in the NHL. I don't know. I put in beer league. Like, I just thought this was genius. Yeah, I agree. Crafty move. Nice job. Next gen. All right. Uh, hey, fans. This is Dominic Moore. I'm just going to take you guys through a little bit of the behind-the-scenes stuff here. Before we get into heroes and zeros really quick, can we just get an update? I just I don't think our listeners have heard about this at all. Dale's supposed to ride a bike like 300 miles to New York City in a couple of weeks. Uh, Dale, I know you haven't been training at all, dude. Are you nervous at all about dry, or about riding a bike like 300 miles in two days? The only thing I'm really nervous about, dude, is spending that much time with Connor, dude. He's been, he's been, he's been pretty, <laughs> he's been har harassing me about all these details. I've done a ride like this before. I did it uh, from Buffalo to Albany with my mom when I was 14, which is like 420 miles. So 200 so miles, two and a half days. I'm not too concerned about. Um, it looks like Fever Boy Rex has some input here. <laughs> Are you guys where are you guys staying? So or, originally we were gonna bring our camping gear and like do a tent, but then we were like the oh, the thirty extra pounds and you know sixty dollars a night for a hotel each like isn't that far far away is like so we're we're getting Airbnb uh two hotels I guess yeah Airbnb I think it's a hotel yeah I, th I thought yeah yeah so so my my biggest concern one. I know you did it when you were 14, but I would say your legs are probably a little bit better at 14, more used. Like I know you're, you've, you've developed, you have more muscle, but like, just like on a pure cardio standpoint at 14, I could run miles. And if I walk upstairs now, I pass out. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I do feel like I'm in pretty decent shape. I've been playing hockey like two to three times a week. So Connor doesn't really relate to that. He thinks because he rides his bike all the time that he's going to smoke me, but I, I, yeah, no, I'm a dual sport athlete, dude. I can, I can handle it. 
Good luck, I'm, bro. I'm, I'm really, I'm, yeah, I'm really not that nervous for it. I think I'm just gonna once you get in the groove, you're just you're just going. I'm worried for your ass cheeks. Honestly, like 300 miles on a bike. You're all like, out of cheeks, bro. I mean, I feel like Garrison's voice had like the best ass cheeks of all time. <laughs> like just. I mean, they're up there. I mean, we can give, if we want to talk biz devs butt cheeks, yeah, I would say yeah, they're up there. I say good butts. Got ass cheeks on my white tee, bro. <laughs> <laughs> all right i, I going off with dale's butt cheeks we dale do you want to go your hero of the week is it your butt cheeks or did you go something else no i i couldn't i couldn't fully think of um an exact hero for this week so i kind of went with a generic one for my beer league season because my beer league season kind of wrapped up just craig jenkins he's our beer league rep he's like gotta be gotta be over 70 years old but this dude is this dude is there for two games a week every sunday from seven to eight the 8 30 game must end at fucking 10, 10 o'clock so he's just a legend dude he's he's really humble guy he's always there with the boys comes into the locker room for beer after the game just the nicest dude um this year in particular i started bending down and grabbing the puck off the ice a lot more for him he really appreciates it it's just like just a good dude that's nice to have in the locker room and in the around the rink. So shout out Craig Jensen Jenkins for my hero of the week. I like I like that dude. I mean he's a legend, dude. We kinda we kinda talked about refs earlier. I will say though, sometimes sometimes I get frustrated with older refs when like they like can't keep up and you kinda gotta do their job for them, but you also have to respect it at the same time. So that's fair. I mean, he just like uh, doesn't call penalties either, so that's nice. I'll go. We can we can rip heroes. I'll go hero. Uh, mine's gonna be Bemenji State. Uh, we talked about Wisconsin last week or two weeks ago on the podcast, and Wisconsin lost in the first round. I don't know. I don't know a ton about Bemenji State. I don't even know if I can fucking say it correctly. They're the Beavers. They're green. They're like a small school, right in Minnesota. I don't know why Ked's fucking laughing so hard right now. You want to enlighten me, Ked? Yeah, dude, because for, I'll tell you afterwards, but Bemidji State, dude, I know Brady Shea didn't go there, but I wish he did. That's yeah, kind of exactly, like that. dude. That's what I'm saying. When I look at, like, the teams, I like, uh, Bemidji State, if you don't know about them, if you look it up, like, they won, like, six D2 national championships. They won a D3 national championship. It's a small-ass school. It's like if your local D3, like, uh, state liberal arts school went D1. Uh, yeah, like to me, I know, I think Matt Reed went there to me. Like if I wanted to watch a college hockey game anywhere, I don't even know, uh, if the arena is sick, uh, but I would just want to watch a game in Bemenji, Minnesota. You know what I mean? Like, it just feels like hockey to me. So shout out to them and shout out to us for kind of screwing over Wisconsin and having them and Cole Caulfield blow it in the first round. Speaking of which, you think Cole Caulfield's going to be on the Habs in like two days? Yeah, probably. Yeah, Eric. Cole Caulfield, dude, watch out. Canadian going to Caulfield. Cat, who's your hero of the week? My hero of the week goes to Dan Girardi. Dan Girardi is now the assistant coach for the the old Buffalo Sabres. And the other night, he coached against the New York Rangers. And on that night, he was on both of the team's payroll. So shout out to Dan Girardi. Give your money up, dude. Uh, nice to see him in Madison Square Garden, dude. Undrafted. I don't know. 
Hal might make fun of me or whatever, but I'll tell you what, dude, Hal, if you had a defenseman like Dan Girardi, an undrafted dude that came in out of nowhere. I like Dan Girardi. We talked about him last podcast. It's like, I fucking love that guy. Why are you going to be so sensitive, dude? Shout out Dan Girardi. I love a good double dipper. I always like those guys who are making two contracts paid at once. I think like Notre Dame still plays pays Charlie Weiss. That always makes me smile. Dude, what's, uh, the one? what's the Mets one where they have to pay like Bobby Bonilla one million dollars every year for the next like sixty years? Yeah, like I don't know. Is Rick DiPietro still on the books for the Islanders? Oh, remember who did he fight? Was it Chad Johnson? Probably. Yeah. Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, zero to the week. Who's going first? Zero. Do you, Ked? Do you have a zero? I mean, the fact that I can't play ice hockey in San Diego after I brought my hockey equipment here is kind of a fucking buzzkill. You know. Can you guys find a skate? Uh, there's one on Tuesday. So here's the thing: we we have a, we have a we have a fourth party joining the, uh, the festivities here coming up soon, and he's not bringing his hockey here. So there's a good chance that three of them will be hanging out. And I like I brought my stuff, so I'm gonna play. So there's a there's a skate Tuesday night at 9:55, and Sunday at no 9 a.m. And Sunday at 6 p.m. So I'm I'm gonna go. and we brought our rollerblades and pumped about that. Other than that, through the week, the Tim Peel thing really pissed me off. Um, I don't know, man. Just fucking. I guess that's it. It hasn't been that rough of a week. It's been pretty decent, Rocky. Oh boy, I'll go quick, Dale, because I saw your zero of the week. Uh, my zero of the week. Uh, sends GM Pierre Dorian. I don't know if you saw that clip where he chucked that coffee uh, when Ottawa lost in overtime to Toronto. I just wanted to throw it out there. That's uh, the house that Eugene Melnick built. That's his barn. That's his money. You're going to just stain the carpets because uh, of an overtime loss. You guys are the Senators. You want to lose, bro. Show some respect to your boss. I just thought about it from my perspective. If the CEO of my company was in my office uh, and something just didn't go my way and I got up from my computer and I threw my coffee against the wall, do you think the CEO – my office would be like, that's a guy I want leading my men. No, 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 I, I no chance. Another, respect. I have another question. You guys watch Silicon Valley? Yes. Well, who's that guy? Who's the guy who founded Hooli? Gavin Belson. That is Eugene Melnick, dude. <laughs> yes, yes, that's a re- that's a really oh, good comparison, God, dude. Yes, we, we compare we compare Eugene Melnick to Michael Scott all the time, but I think Gavin Belson. Uh, it's definitely Eugene Melnick. I agree yeah. with you. Like through and through. There's there's no mistake in there, dude. Like Gavin and Eugene only accept brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. So uh that's my zero. Dale. Uh, this is this ending the podcast with Dale's zero of the week. Let's hear it. Yeah, boys. So I I kinda I, I let you guys both know earlier what happened, but I'll do a quick recap. But last week um these two rpi kids just walked into our locker room after we lost in our playoff game and they just sat down like i thought that they knew my my friend or someone else on the team but they just like literally sat down in our locker room in their street clothes as we're as we're getting undressed after the game and a couple of seconds went by and we were like boys do, do we know you? Like, like who are you? And they're like, oh, we're just, uh, we don't have school tomorrow. We just came to check out the game. And we were all just like laughing, like so fucking confused. And the one kid goes, like, boys, you mind if I take my mask off? We get tested twice a week. And I was like, yeah, I, I do mind. And uh, eventually we just had to shoo him out of the locker room. But it's the most bizarre fucking thing I've ever seen in a beer league locker room. Hanging out with you. And not even like a, in a beer league 
What time was it? It was like 10 30, 11. Like they were high and drunk for sure. But how do, you, how do they stumble into like a random rink to they watch? They came in from the showers. They came in from the showers. They came in from like the middle section of the locker room. So bizarre, dude. That's one of those things where, like, after they left the locker room, I'd probably check my wallet and my keys and like my phone and be like, "Am I good?" Yeah, and check. Well, you guys gotta go. Documentary, dude. Like, who the fuck does that, bro? How many kids do they have? Are they packing lips? They weren't packing lips, but like they said, they played hockey, and I was like, "You wouldn't fucking do this. Like, you would know not to walk into somebody's locker room if you played hockey." I don't know what I would have to do to walk into a, a team who I didn't know who they were to walk into the locker room after they lost the game and be just like, like try to chat them up. Like we were, we were all fucking bummed. <laughs> Weird. Did you call the cops? No, we should have. There it is. Weird RPI. Cause I thought that was a good zero. Weird RPI. <laughs> boys, it's two Oh seven Eastern standard time. I know the Kelly boys have a lot going on. Um, I think this might end up being a somewhat heavily edited podcast, so good luck to whoever has to do that tomorrow. Uh, do you guys have any final words so I can go to fucking bed? I think the only thing we have to edit is Beer League, and uh, thanks for getting this done, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, enjoy Cali, Cad. Nice seeing you, Fever Boy. It was a pleasure to have you on. Love you, boys. We'll send some content tomorrow. All right, All content right. creators. Later.